We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. Joining me tonight is my co-host, CEO of Croc Talk and Rise Athletics and Rise Up and Croc Time U. And it's Eric Crocker. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, it is I. A I, man of of many hats, all very focused on a very specific thing, but still very diversified within your area of expertise. Yeah, I mean it's all football, so you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's the broadest part of things, but it's football, athletics. But so I, I got to We were. As I started to do that intro, I was like still laughing because we actually started <laughs> recording this podcast about five seconds before I started, and I hit record too early, and so the first like one second of the podcast was just Crocker going. <clears throat> <laughs> well, my voice is already raspy, so it's like I, I gotta clear my throat to to try to speak as clearly as possible. So. Well, and with me, it's like. Because I've always had genetically, I have like kind of like bad sinuses, bad allergies. Uh, probably attributes to why my voice is kind of nasally. And I usually will take like one allergy pill a day just to kind of help my body get through all that stuff. And if I like don't take my allergy pill for a couple of days, I will get even more Kermit the Frog ish than I already am. So like sometimes I'll listen to our pod and be like, "Damn it, I forgot to take my allergy pills." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I know how it is, man. I know how it is. But anyways, how are you, bro? What's what's new? What's what's life throwing at you? Oh man, you know I'm chilling. I know you you kind of alluded to my my uh, crop talk, which is my Patreon account. So you know, just adding adding to it, you know, another notch on the belt. I guess you know something else that involves football or draft content, you know, stuff like that. And that way, I can kind of on that, I can kind of really monetize on it. So. You know, so what you're saying is is like most of your, if not all of your good content is just going to be now reserved for your Patreon account and you're not going to just post anything to Twitter anymore and it's all just going to be, the only way you're going to be, you know, putting it out there is if you can make money from it, right? 
I'll just say. I yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I mean that's pretty much it. Um, I will. I mean, I'll, I'll still post things here and there just to kind of keep <laughs> on my timeline. And you know, obviously my 49er takes and things like that. Um, you know, I'll still you know tweet those out. But as far as like you know, a lot of the draft content and stuff is like, man, I've been putting a lot of work into those threads and everything, and really giving away a ton of free content, which has been great. I mean, it's grown my following tremendously. But um. Yeah, it's time. It's time to, you know, make a little money off of this. So, uh, yeah, and I don't, I honestly don't think anybody – I mean, best better way to say it is it's easy to see the value in it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the amount of, of time and effort and thought and and now production value you put into your stuff is, is worth a little bit per month, you know, and I think a lot of people are going to see that too. So good on yeah. you, man. Everybody's got to earn that or, get, you know, get the bag, earn their money, and – uh you seem to be you seem to be doing a great job of that, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. All the all, all the the croc bags coming around. I know, man. Well, I'm watching a bag come around right now. Uh, someone posted a a clip of Trent Williams just destroying somebody on the Redskins, or excuse me, Washington Football Team. But how uh, dare you? Yeah, Forty Nine's got to bring him back. But Debo Debo is the one um, uh, running the end around. And it's just like, dang, I miss Debo. Like you know, like a healthy Debo. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like, I just – I think it right now there is kind of an injury, a prone-to-injury element that may have to do with his own preparation and how he prepares his body. But I, And I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, but the way he plays and the way he runs and, the, you know, how it seems like he seeks out content. And he seems – content. We, we all seek out content here. Contact. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised me if he was always dealing with something, but – you know, it's football. I, you got to stay on the field. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, man, is really just you know just taking care of his body to the best of his ability throughout the off season. Like you know, if he if he does that, I was watching some um, senior bowl clips and how he was just how he used to move. You know, he looked so light on his feet. He looked so quick, so fluid, and now it's he's he just looks a little heavier. You know, and maybe some of it had to do with uh, you know, this COVID offseason. I, I want to say even before that, though, you know, there there were reports about Wes Walker having to run with him after practice his rookie year. So, you know, he – that I need that senior that, – that, that Debo Samuel senior bowl body, pause, where he was probably around, you know, two, <laughs> 212 pounds or so. Uh, that's where he needs to be. I think I think he's been playing a little bit heavier than that, and I think that alone could lead to some injuries. But, yeah, I think a lot of it had to also do with, you know, COVID and everything. Because his rookie year, he only missed one game due to injury, and he was big time. So, yeah, it's just, right. it's just watching this clip, I'm like, oh, yeah, we need Debo back, man. Debo. A lot of these players, 49ers, have kind of forgotten about. You know, you alluded to uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and how, like, well, he can play. Uh, you know, that's that, that that too, like, you know, we, we forget about it because we just haven't seen it in so long. Um, the good 49ers. So, I hope I hope they get back to that, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of good 49ers and, you know, the, the stuff they were able to do recently is obviously the the, cl- the near the, the the most recent thing that's happened in the football world is the Super Bowl. And which I mean, I know there were plenty of people out there that thought the Buccaneers would win. But I don't think anybody thought the Buccaneers were going to win like that. I don't know, Croc, what were your uh, what's like what was like your first impression of the Super Bowl, man? Well, I mean, when we closed out the podcast, obviously I was a little salty, but my my take wasn't, you know, one that's you, you said you were you would not bet against Tom Brady. That's what I said. Yep. And I also said, which and I tweeted it out before the game as well, the Bucks had a better team. And I think a lot of people just, you know, felt like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are just bulletproof. Like they they just they're immune to any you know, adversity that this team may face, right? And we're, you know, I'm talking about the offensive line where they had, what, like four backups playing on the old line. And I really feel like that's a big deal that heading into the game, nobody was making the, making the big deal out of it. I'm like, man, like that that's a big thing. When you're looking across the line and you see Tampa Bay with their pass rush, with that front that they have and the ability to just rush, rush four and the Chiefs having – 
pretty much an entire offensive line full of backups. Like, yes, the Chiefs are supposed to get destroyed up front. And it was almost like people were kind of, like, brushing that off as if it's like, nah, like, nah, like, Mahomes, he'll just be all right. And I'm like, man, like, no, this, this is a big deal, especially since, I mean, not just at the front, but, I mean, the linebackers for the Bucks are so good. And, you know, I was talking about that. Like, they're good. And we saw it on full display, the back end. Like, they can play. I thought the Bucks were just a better team overall. Now, and I want to say I said it on the podcast as well, I felt like the Chiefs have more elite players. We talk about Chris Jones. We talk about Tyron Matthew. Um, you know, the guy, <gasps> excuse me, the guys on offense with uh, Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey and obviously Patrick Mahomes. But there are holes in that KC team. They had no run game. Matter of fact, I don't even want to say they don't have a run game. They elected not to run the ball when they actually had a good yards per carry at the very least between the quarterback and the running back. Like, they ran the ball well when they ran it. They just decided not to run it, which is crazy because, like, oh, we have no O-line. Everybody's back us, but we're not going to run the ball. Like, what? When your running back is averaging, like, six yards a pop. So, I mean, that's something that I, I felt like they could have done a little bit better job of to kind of take pressure off of the offensive line and pass protection, and they didn't. And that, that was something – I mean, that's just not their identity. So, that kind of bit them in the ass. And, yeah, I mean, I ain't – I, I – I feel a little bit better, and I don't know why, but I do feel a little better that they lost. Yeah, it was it was. I mean, and it wasn't even. Uh, I don't want to say it's a good. It wasn't a good game because obviously that's taking away from saying it was a bad game. It's taking away what Tampa Bay was doing, as if that wasn't good football. Because Tampa Bay, obviously, as far as being competitive, though, Tampa Bay just outright stomped. Like Tampa, like the Chiefs didn't. Chiefs, the Chiefs didn't even get in the end zone. Like they did not even score a touchdown. It was just a an ass whooping through and through. And the part that stood out to me, and and it's funny that you just said something about something biting you in the ass, is if there was one person, and, and I understand what goes on on the football field, but if there was one person I would not intimately talk shit to, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Like. If there was one person that I would not want to give any more ammunition, and saying this just reminds me of the last dance and what everybody said about Michael Jordan. Like, do not give this man even a shred of motivation, any more than he already has in himself. Don't give him any more motivation. And then right towards the beginning of the game, you see Tyron Matthew just jawing at Tom Brady, and Tom Brady ran right back up to him. And then there's that clip that went around Twitter that basically, as Tom Brady was walking away, he turned around to, to Tyron Matthew and was like, I'm coming at you all day. And yeah. and you could see him say it. And I'm, and I'm looking at that, I'm like, man. like, I mean, obviously, Tyron's game, and, he's, and he has every right to talk shit. He's one of the best players in his position, but – when you've got Tom Brady looking at you like that, saying, I am going to come at you all day, that has to put a little bit in you. Like, God damn, and he did, too. And and I think that was – was that before the Antonio Brown touchdown? I, I don't I, know if it was before, but but I'll, I'll say this about Tyron Matthew. Like, he that's him. Like, he's always going to keep that same energy. So, you know, obviously, like, it was cool and great to see two competitors. We know how competitive Tom Brady is. And – most people that know anything about Tyron Matthew, they know, like, ultimate competitor, like, ultimate. So to see that, I just thought that I was two, like, great players going at it, man. And, and like, Tyron Matthew, he's going to leave it all out there on the field, like, regardless of what else was going on in that game. And, yeah, I mean, that was <laughs> – Eventually, eventually we're going to see an interview where Tom Brady is going to be sitting on this white chair in his big-ass house, and he's just going to say, and I took that personally. Yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm not saying that Tyron Matthews shouldn't have been talking shit because that is that's just part of the game for a lot of these guys, and 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 it's kind of like a live by the sword, die by the sword thing, you know? Like how many times Matthews been making plays all all year, and, and it's not like he's just gonna stop doing what he's doing because now he's up against Tom Brady. Right. But there was just that clip of Tom Brady turning around saying, "I'm gonna come at you all day," and sure enough. He came at him all day, yeah. and uh, it was it was just a dominant performance. And to me, my my biggest takeaway was like Tom Brady's the goat, man. Like yeah, he's the greatest. He I'm might be. He, yeah, it's it's not close anymore. It it and I'm not saying what I don't want. I think a lot of people try and act like Tom Brady going to 
Tampa Bay was like some downgrade and he propped that team up. Now, they weren't good last year, so obviously he did prop that team up a hold, lot. Hold, hold, hold on. I don't think they were as bad as their record, which was like 7-9. and nine. Of course not. I, they they just could not overcome James Winston throwing thirty interceptions. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the like, breaking the interception record, not the touchdown record. <laughs> if if Winston could have just came out of that season with say eighteen interceptions, which is still a lot, but we say twelve less interceptions, they probably I'm, I'm pretty sure they're a playoff team. But it's like yeah. thirty interceptions, yeah. like bro, like come on, man, you're throwing two picks a game. <laughs> oh yeah, right, and it. And, but it, to me, it was just for Tom Brady to do what he did in New England. And then in his first year with Tampa Bay, in as crazy as an offseason as it was with all the COVID stuff, and obviously that was that that was a, affected everybody. But he just goes in there and wins him a Super Bowl first year. What up? You know, they went on like a seven or eight game win streak to close out the season or something like that. Like that's, that's just unbelievable. The last time now, they lost was against Casey. Right. <laughs> They had all the momentum in the world going into that game. And, man, it was just – it was impressive. I mean, Tom Brady has played in ten Super Bowls and won seven of them, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what the <laughs> hell, dude? I know. Ten. People, people are Ugh. kind of comparing him and LeBron James. They're like, Oh, they've both been in like ten. And I'm like, hold on. Like, one of them has won 70% of his championship games or championship – uh, titles, you know, uh, uh, opportunities. Right. Uh, like they're they're not the same. Like Brady is, and I know that who is it? Bill Russell has like eleven championships, and I know he doesn't get like that type of level, or whatever. But um, who, <laughs> did you see Robert Ory's tweet? No. He was like, "Welcome to the uh, like basically like welcome to the family like seven rings because you know Robert Ory has seven NBA championships." Right. Man. <laughs> So I thought that was. I thought that was. And what funny. was what was Michael Jordan six for six? Yeah, he was six for six, and I think okay. So Michael Jordan, this is one thing that goes. And he could have won more. This this is the thing that goes underrated with Michael Jordan and his run, and I, why I think it's so special. He didn't just win like okay, yeah, six for six, but he won those six in seven seasons. Now obviously he retired for a year in between, but he won six in seven years of him actually playing. Right, and, and the one year he missed in between was it, it was wasn't there. It, 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 no, he missed, and then he came back, and they went to the playoffs, but they lost to Orlando. Right, right, right. So like that, you know what I'm saying? But as far as him actually playing, like seasons that he played, he won six rings in his last seven years. And another thing I feel like that kind of gets overlooked a little bit with Michael Jordan is in his original stint, he only played 13 years. So he won six rings in 13 years. You know, now obviously he came back from retirement and played with the Wizards. Uh, I don't really be counting that. But, like, Michael Jordan, like, Michael Jordan as we know him, not Wizards Michael Jordan, like the Michael Jordan, he won six rings in 13 years. So there's a lot of people chasing that in the NBA, and it's like, dude, you're, you're playing, like, 20 years, you know, to try to catch Michael Jordan, who, I mean, he completely dominated. And there's people that still try to take a lot away from him with, just kind of like they try to take, you know, stuff away from Brady. Oh, his team and this and that. And, I, mean, I mean, you can't really take anything from Brady now. Like, dude's just great. He's great. And that kind of led me to, like, a a tweet about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. That I, I didn't even look through the comments. I'm looking at the tweet right now. There's 98 comments and 91 retweets. I won't even look at them because I just know it's probably going to be. When, when did you tweet this? Dur- dur- like, during the game. So so oh. my so my tweet was it says uh Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch really effed up this whole quarterback situation for the 49ers. I actually understand all their moves. So that's me acknowledging like I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I actually understand all their moves, but it looks like they played it a little too safe every step of the way. Now they are headed into year 5 scrambling. And I think scrambling might have been a, a strong word, but what I meant was they're heading into year five. They've lost. Th- they've had three losing seasons in four years, and they're not 100% sold on the guy that they have at quarterback. And kind of what I was talking about with them, uh, kind of you know messing up the whole quarterback situation, and whatnot. And we talked about it a little bit before we came on. I don't want to beat a dead horse 
you know, by talking about Garoppolo and stuff. Like, you and I have both acknowledged that he doesn't suck. I think that Garoppolo is, you know, he, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. So from that standpoint, like, yeah. But they didn't – they their resume is what their resume is now. Like, people are like, oh, in hindsight, oh, in hindsight. And it's like, well, yeah, in hindsight, when you look at the opportunities they had, they didn't do – their due diligence enough or they didn't look into things enough or research things enough to put themselves in a better situation moving forward. Like they did not look into Patrick Mahomes. Like we, everybody in America watched Patrick Mahomes and I mean, uh, 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 Deshaun Watson. And again, a bunch of teams passed on Deshaun Watson, what 11 teams. All right. But we all watched them in the championship game. Right? We saw like, no, this dude is special. He's special. They decided, no, we don't want to go with that special guy. And even though uh, John Lynch, he's talking about, yeah, you know, I I came back and I, you know, I went to his pro day as a smoke screen, and I, I I told I told Shanahan, hey man, we might want to look into this Mahomes guy because I mean he was blowing everybody away, but it's like nah, like we're gonna ignore that because we want we want Kirk Cousins so much. And again, I get it, I understand it. Like their 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 sights were set on Cousins, and eventually they didn't even get him. But what they, you know. We're we're here now. We're going on five years in, and the results of everything are the results. Like they're, they're the facts, and you can look at it in hindsight or or whatever. But they've had multiple opportunities to address a position to really get not just a guy, but a guy that really puts them over the top. And I think from that standpoint, I'm looking at it now. And again, made a lot of decisions. I probably would have did the same thing that they did. I probably would have played it safe as well. But it's kind of looking like playing it safe has made them kind of now they're in year five and they're like, well, how much is it going to cost for Stafford? Oh, okay, no, that's too much. We're not even going to make an offer. How much is it going to cost for Watson? Oh, no, okay, we don't want to give that up. How much? Okay, let's call Carson Wentz. What, they want how many? Oh, no. I mean, they're, 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 they're like at least interacting to some point with these teams because they don't feel like they have their spot solidified. So – you know, that that's just kind of how I was looking at that, where it's like, man, you you had the first crack at Mahomes and Watson and again, in hindsight, great, but I'm I'm I don't get paid to make those decisions. Like they do. So like y'all were the ones that were supposed to make the decision to really, you know, attack that position the best way you can in that year. Um I don't get paid to say, you know what, it's safer to have or or let's go with Tom Brady because he's going to put us over the top. I I, I would have did the same thing they did, but I don't get paid to make that type of decision. Like sometimes you got to kind of grab your nuts and just, all right, we're going to make a stand here and make a bold statement. You know, okay, yeah, we're coming off a Super Bowl, but obviously we're kind of interested because we know we're a little bit limited with Garoppolo, and they 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 haven't done anything. And I talked about before about being they want to be comfortable with every decision. And sometimes you're going to have to do something that it's, it's a little edgy and you might be. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All in, but I think that's when people win the most, right? That's when they gain the most from something, when they kind of are a little bit edgy with their situation. It was the same thing with me and my wife. We just moved from California to Arkansas, and now all of a sudden, like, we're winning. Like, you know, I could have just stayed comfortable and been in California, but instead I decided to, like, nah, we're going to swing for the fences with this, and everything is working out. You know, you like, sometimes you just can't play it safe all the time, and 
49ers. Mitch quits a Patreon account. He just thinks he's some risk taker. I know. I made like $15 today. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you, dude. The one thing I want to make sure we talk about, though, is like Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's BetterHelp.com slash G-O-L-D. Can we talk about this, like, Carson Wentz shit? All right, what what, what about it, though? I mean, like, I, I guess I'll, I'll be – I'll broaden it up a little bit. Can we talk about the – I think I feel like we're at a point where, and this, I'm not referring to any credible reports. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's some out there. I don't know. Where I feel like we've gotten to a point in 49ers Twitter and 49ers land where we've become so polarized by the 49ers quarterback situation or Jimmy Garoppolo or everyone's opinion of Jimmy Garoppolo that we are basically willing to seriously contemplate and explore every option out there. Like, I feel like if I got on here right now, I'd probably be able to find somebody saying the 49ers should go with Marcus Mariota because the Raiders, it's just a rumor that they might be trading him. And I just feel like we've gotten to a point where, and you mentioned it already, where no, Jimmy's not great. He's pretty average. You know, and and the, the 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 big thing that makes Jimmy Garoppolo pretty average is that he's pretty inconsistent. You know, sometimes he plays really good, and you're like, God damn, hell yeah, that's the Jimmy Garoppolo the 49ers need right there. And then sometimes he plays pretty bad, and you're like, damn, like that's not the Jimmy Garoppolo the 49ers need. So he's an average quarterback, and ma- mainly because he's inconsistent, and most average quarterbacks are inconsistent. And to me, it's it's gotten to a point where people are contemplating options that really don't make much sense. There's there's little oh, tiny who's, bit. Whose fault is that? It's it's not the 49ers' fault. <laughs> like well, it's not the fans' fault. I don't think. I, I think that's it's like this is. We, I'm not even we, talking about just the fans. I'm talking like there's like yeah. It goes beyond that. It's just like now we're talking about option. Like we're talking about the 49ers trading draft capital. And, and from what we've read about the Wentz stuff, I mean, you know, I know you said that the Eagles weren't weren't getting the offers that they wanted, and who knows if they've even gotten offers at all? I don't know. Uh, you know, with how many smoke screens are out there I right know now, but their player, the, his teammates hated him. That's a big, right. That's a big red red flag to me. Huge, huge red flag, and it's like. I just feel like we've gotten to a point where people are contemplating options that, that don't even really make sense. And it's like you're talking about giving giving up draft capital for quarterbacks that aren't even upgrades. Like you're, it's like people want to just pay money for, or I'm just, I'm using the term money. You know, they they want to give up draft picks for for lateral moves. You know, for like 
Like, do you is there the possibility that you could get better with Sam Darnold? Maybe is are you going to get better with Carson Wentz? I guess if he magically snaps back to that, you know, his MVP type form, then sure. But it's like I don't know. I just feel like this whole quarterback situation has gotten so spread thin that like. You know, instead, you know, you want to talk about a guy like Deshaun Watson as unrealistic as that might be and as difficult to pull off as that might be. Like, I'll have that conversation because it's just such a clear and obvious upgrade. But now we're talking about, like, trading draft picks to get, like, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo is the 16th or 17th best quarterback. We're talking about trading draft picks for the 15th or 16th best quarterback. It's just gotten to the point where it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to how to fully explain it and fully. No, I see what you're saying, and what you're saying is is kind of alluding to what Shanahan said, you know, during one of his final, you know, uh, press conferences. He basically said, like, you know, and people took from it whatever they wanted, but like, we'll be willing to move on from Jimmy if there's an upgrade out there, and there's just not a lot of opportunities to upgrade. Like that was his thing. And when you look at guys like, you know, a Sam Darnold or a Carson Wentz, they are not an upgrade. Now, now they're, they have the potential to be an upgrade, right, just because they're just more physically gifted. They're just more talented. They can do more. But their play is not a guarantee to be a, an upgrade. It's not like the Stafford. Like Stafford, I was all like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an upgrade. For Cor- sure. Correct. Yeah, that was a clear uh, upgrade to me. Right, like with you know, you put him in a better situation. Like we know, like okay, yeah, like he's just gonna be better. Like he's gonna open up things more. But when it comes to, you know, the other guys, when it comes to a Sam Darnold, when it comes to a Carson Wentz, you don't know. And for those reasons, like ain't nobody seen me tweet about Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz. Like, and again, I like the talent. I I like the thought of it. Um, what they can be if the Forty ers were to trade for either one of them tomorrow. I would be like, all right, let's go, you know. But that ain't something that I think they'll do. <laughs> like, so I don't even talk about it. Like, I don't tweet about Sam Darnold. I don't. Um, I haven't tweeted about him. I haven't tweeted about. Uh, I, I think the last time I tweeted about Sam Darnold was like during the season, where I'm like, let me watch him, you know. And I was like, uh, he makes some throws, but it's just, it's just not something not right. It just doesn't look right. Uh, <laughs> and. It sucks that those quarterbacks are where they are right now with just their inconsistencies and whatever situations they're going through. But, yeah, I get on Twitter and everything is about the quarterbacks, uh, the 49ers quarterback situation. And I, I, But I don't blame fans. I don't blame people that, you know, maybe write for blogs and stuff like that. Like, I blame the, I blame the people in charge because if people are talking about this as far as fans and bloggers and stuff like that, it's because it it's it's not it's not a position that is solidified. And Kyle Shanahan, you left the door open to for these conversations to be had. Which again, that's just him being truthful. I like don't lie. Like I get it, but that's why we're in this situation. I'm just saying why we're in this situation. Yeah, I, I and I do agree to an extent. I, I do I do feel like uh, you know, and it was obvious that he was perfectly fine with leaving the door open. But I mean, that's like. It's just such a normal thing to say, and and it's not so much the fact that the fort that 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 kind of the Forty ers world is willing to consider other options because I am too. But I mean, I don't think it's that normal though. I don't think I, that that's normal. Like when when have you have you really like publicly heard a coach say things like that? Like you you don't. And I know people like well you said that about anything. that should be what people um, you're supposed to do. You're supposed to look for. Uh, upgrades at all positions, but it's like no, you don't hear that about quarterbacks unless the team doesn't like the quarterback. <laughs> like the well, Rams didn't like the quarterback and they got rid of him like a week later. Like that's typically like now the 49ers are going about it in a different way, but it's the same thing. Like that that's why we're having these conversations. I think it. I think that has more to do with just the fact that Shanahan's honest, maybe quite a bit more honest than most NFL coaches than it does. You know, like I mean, there's. I think that if 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 the majority of head coaches were as honest as Kyle Shanahan, they would say the same things about their quarterback. You know, it, they're just not as honest, and they're not as brutally honest. And there, I, I mean, how many teams in the NFL are completely content with their quarterback? Well, More, no, I know, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm saying because he is so brutally honest, 
that's the reason why we're having these conversations. Right, and I don't think the team gives a shit if we're having these conversations. Like, they don't care. They, they're doing their thing. Talk all you want. They have their plans. They know, like, what people talk about and it, it doesn't affect them at all. They're going to do their thing, and they're, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that the, the team is swayed by the opinions of fans one way or another. You know, or they wouldn't have taken Mike McGlinchey and you know, you stuff like that. Solomon Thomas, but they would have taken Nick Fitzpatrick, like Eric Crocker right, wanted. Right, exactly. So I don't one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the team gives a shit that everybody knows that they want to upgrade, and I don't think that's really a problem. Everybody is, and I've and I've seen people say that too. Like, oh man, if the team wanted to squash all this, they could have said this. And I don't think the team gives a shit about squashing yeah. any of it. They. they they just don't give a shit. Like that's Kyle's why. I, like Kyle, Kyle doesn't care. Like at, at the end of the day, he looks at it like, dude, like I have a, a quote unquote business to run, right? Right. Like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of it. Like so, however I have to get it done, I'm gonna get it done. If I feel like there's an opportunity to upgrade, then I'm gonna do that. I don't care how that makes Jimmy Garoppolo feel. Like Jimmy, like I don't want to be having these conversations. Just do what you're supposed to do. I do, I do the same thing with my kids, right? I be like, look. Like, I don't want to tell you to have to take the trash out. Just do what you're supposed to do. Just take the trash out, right? Like, the same thing with Kyle. Like, if, if Jimmy was doing what he's supposed to do, they wouldn't be having these conversations. Right. Like, nobody. If Jimmy just stayed healthy on the field, like, these conversations wouldn't be had. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that's how Kyle's looking at it. Like, just do what you're supposed to do and and play well. And, and I wouldn't have to answer it that way. But since it's been up and down, the play, since, you know, the injuries and stuff like that, you start kind of weighing everything in. And then, you know, obviously, like I said, 49ers, three losing seasons, four years. All things have to be considered. And, Jimmy, it's your fault for us having to have this conversation right now. Right. And I, and I think that, that you make a good good point in, in kind of Shanahan's demeanor about it all. And I think that's probably what led to Dante Pettis hitting the road is there's some personalities that can take constructive and truthful criticism that is sometimes harsh. Um, and there's certain personalities that can't. And I could just – and I, I could oh, obviously I wasn't there for that situation to play it out, but I could just see Dante Pettis not liking the way that he was being coached, and you know I, I've I've seen it too in the way that I coach or coaches I've been around that coach players. Some players react like, "Man, fuck this guy, dude! I don't want to be out here." And then some players are like, "All right, I'm gonna show you, coach." And and, and I'm not necessarily saying that neither can succeed or either can and cannot, but. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's just a brutally honest dude, and he just was – when somebody asked him if they could get better at quarterback, he says, look, we'll look at that just like we look at every other position. And if he had Aaron Rodgers sitting in the locker room, he would he would have laughed. He'd be like, no, we're good, we're good, man. Right. Like, and that's just the reality of it. And and the, the big thing is, is I think that there's a lot of people out there that think all this quarterback speculation is like – damaging in some way you know like obviously like I was just saying I think it's gotten a little ridiculous with it with the options that we're all willing to consider but none of this quarterback talk means anything to the team they do not care they're in a building conducting their business living in their own stratosphere of reality the reality within an NFL building within front offices and you can say whatever you want, and, but they still know what they're doing. And, and I'm not saying that they're necessarily making the right decisions, but they have a plan. They know what they're doing. They know what they want. They know who they'll consider. They know who they won't consider. And it's like, I, I don't think that as, as, as annoying as it can be sometimes, what, what, what the conversations that goes on, it's not going to affect the team. Like they're just, they're going to do them. And right. what happens happens. Obviously, you can be critical of them and or be or praise them, whatever whatever your opinion is. But it's just sometimes. Anyways, back to my point. I just think that if you're gonna if you're gonna waste time talking about quarter, quarterback options, don't look at the ones that that aren't gonna present a clear upgrade that Kyle Shanahan's talked about. Like they're not gonna give up valuable draft capital because the closer you get to the salary cap, the more valuable your draft picks become because you have the opportunity to get good players at a premium price. And they're not going to give away valuable draft capital unless it is a clear op- upgrade like Shanahan said. I think a lot of the options out there that are being talked about right now are not clear upgrades at all. Could they – like to me, the, the odds of Darnold or Wentz being better than Garoppolo are just as good as Garoppolo just being good. Like 
Darnold may be, he, you know, in Shanahan's offense, maybe he's a little bit better than what we've seen from Garoppolo. Maybe Wentz lights it up. I think there's a higher chance there, obviously, that he that he could kind of return to form. But then there's also the chance that the 49ers roll with Garoppolo in 2021 and he plays good. Like, it, to me, it's like you're just like, they're all three very similar situations and two of them you have to pay draft picks to get. One Man, of them you I, already have. I think that, like, I strongly feel if Garoppolo is a quarterback, like, the 49ers will do well. Like, I, I strongly feel that. Now, again, if, you know, we're talking about in the perfect world. Like, yeah, I would like somebody with a little bit more upside, but he has clearly shown that he can win. I, I think that kind of gets lost in this whole thing. He just has to stay healthy, you know? Right, and 100%. It's, like, I was talking to, you know, I was tweeting somebody earlier today, and he was talking about, well, like, anybody can get hurt. You said – Tom Brady doesn't get hurt. He was like, well, how do we know who Matt Castle is? And I'm like, dude, Tom Brady got hurt over a decade ago. Like we're talking about over a decade ago, he tore his ACL. That was the only time in his career he's missed a game due to injury. Now he had the whole little deflate gate and missed four games. But he, that's <laughs> the only time in his entire career he's missed games due to injury. And he's played over 20 years. Like, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Whereas Garoppolo, he got hurt in his, in his second start with, the Patriots, um, went to the 49ers, played five games, then got hurt in the, in the third start of 2018, and then got hurt in the second start of this year. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he's played one full year. So it's just like, ah, there, there's just that, like, uneasy feeling, right? Because he hasn't shown the ability to consistently stay healthy. Now, if Jimmy has shown, like, hey, I can rattle off four straight years of playing, you know, 98% of the games, then I think I even softened up on my stance on like how I feel about him, but that's the part that's scary because it's like, dude, like this team, the, the team has been good enough to win even with the injuries this year. They've been good enough to at least make playoffs, and it's like, dude, like, like that's the one thing. Like, but we can't do it without you, Jimmy. And if that's who Jimmy is going to be, and that's who he has shown to be, then that that's an issue to me. That's the issue. It's not even oh. so much that he just can't play. Like, you know, I think people, when when I talk about Garoppolo, people think I just think he can't play. Like, dude, that's not true. Like, I think he can play very well. I do think he's limited. But I think he can play very well, like, within the context of the offense and how Kyle changes the offense for him. And he he plays well within that. But he he I, I just can't count on him to be healthy. And we're going on year five. So, like, that that's the, that's the bigger issue to me, even with thinking about acquiring these different quarterbacks. And, I mean, Sam Darnold, he's hurt too. So, I don't think that's an upgrade there. Like, I wouldn't feel any better about Darnold. I think the only thing that would be better about Darnold is, well, he he's a lot cheaper. <laughs> you know, so Jimmy, and even that's only for one year. And that's only for one year. But, you know, with Jimmy right now, Jimmy is making it hard to sign guys like Trent Williams and, you know, maybe re-sign Fred Warner and what about Verrett and all these other free agents. Like, you know, so it's like, would you rather have – okay, would you rather have Sam Darnold, which we'll, we'll take away the – you know, obviously you have to give up draft picks, but we'll, 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 we're just going to say straight up. If, if right now you, you could trade Jimmy for Sam Darnold and Darnold – what, he's owed, like, I don't know, $3 million this year if he was traded to the 49ers or whatever. Like, I mean, very limited. You know, So would you – you would net around, you know, $22 million or $23 million. Would you trade Jimmy straight up for Sam Darnold? I think so, yeah. And that, and that, and that isn't because I think I'm upgrading, but it, if it meant the difference between keeping, like, let's say two key free agents, like Jason Brett and Kerry Hyder or something. like if And Trent Williams. Yeah, oh, yeah, obviously Trent Williams, of course. Like, I don't care what's going on. Even if Jimmy's staying, you better find a way to keep Trent Williams. But I do I do kind of agree in that in that sphere. If you're trying to get – if you know you're going to get 20-something million dollars cheaper and you only really are, are keeping – it's only a one-year thing because there's not a lot of dead money involved in anything with Garoppolo. And, you know, just riding with Sam Darnold for a year is going to get you free agents. And then you'll you'll kind of approach the position next year or whatever. Then, yeah, I could see it from that perspective. But, you know, it, it, as like more of a strategic move and, and kind of a long play thing, it's not necessarily that you're expecting Darnold to light it up, which, shit, maybe you could. But you're you're it's kind of like allowing you to build up your team elsewhere. Right. I could I could see that. But it's like. 
And if that's your play, then 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 that's fine. I, I get it. I get that. But it's like it still kind of goes against – it goes against what Shanahan's saying, but at the same time you'd be able to see why they would do something like that. It's like, look, we can have Jimmy Garoppolo and Trent Williams or we can have Sam Darnold, Trent Williams, Jason Verrett, and Kerry Hyder. Like which one of these two do we like more, you know? So, I mean, obviously the dog agrees. So right, the dog agrees. We, right. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's. There's a lot of things to consider. It's just, man. It's it's going to be a long off season. So it's it's February 9th. So we got like two and a half months more, or a little bit more before the draft. I think the draft is like, no more than that, huh? Yeah. A month, oh. March 9th. No, two and a half months. It's like at the very very end of April again. It might even be like May 1st. We we actually have a a a draft question from uh, one Kenneth Burns. You want oh, we got to, a random question? Yeah, we got a random question. Okay. So he said, uh, please talk about how all these folks that get caught up in potential need to get over that when it comes to the draft. If you draft a corner, draft certain. He's basically a guarantee. Fairly, not so much. I, I don't know. Hold on. Let me reread that. Yeah, what's the question? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he wanted us to talk about it. So uh, please talk about how all these folks that get caught up in potential need to Need to get over. Oh, okay. I see. He his punctuation. I think is off. Okay, here we go. Please talk about how all these folks that get caught up in potential, comma, need to get over that when it comes to the draft. So what he's saying is, so he's talking about Sertain and Farley, right? So they're two cornerbacks. Where Sertain is more like refined and more technically sound than Farley. Farley is freakier and has a freakier upside. That's what he's saying. So he's saying like. Don't you, people need to get over like Farley with his upside, and they need to like like or envision more Patrick Sertain, who you know more of what you're getting. I think that's what he's saying, and he wants us to talk about that. So basically, like, what do you think about more of a sure thing versus something that just has a higher upside? And that's kind of what we're talking about, right? With I mean, to some <laughs> that's extent, true. Garoppolo and like a Darnold or a Wentz, right? Where like these guys have more potential, they have more upside, but that might not play out the way you want whereas you have somebody like Garoppolo who is safer you know what you're getting from him obviously when he's on the field and you know that he can do the things that you want him to do at least he he can do things that you can kind of draw up for him to succeed in so um what what do you think about that in the sense of are, are you a guy like when, when it comes to the draft that wants to go more high upside even though this guy might be a little more raw or do you want more of the polished? I, I okay. Here's here's one more example. <laughs> uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Um, I I tend to lean more towards polish. Uh, and, and it's not like a hard stance. I'm not sitting here planting my flag for for the polished guy. But I also what I was going to say is I think it depends on like in, in term because his his question it was in regards to the draft. I think it depends on where you're picking. You know, like if you're picking, like, let's say we're just talking first round picks. I think if you're picking in like the back half of the first round, I think trying to take a risk on some traits might be the way to go because you might end up landing a player that should have been taken in the top half of the draft and you got him in the back half. But I feel like if you're towards the top half of the draft, then you should be looking for more refined football players that have already shown that they can compete and and do the things you're looking for at a high level routinely. You know, like not flashy, not every now and then. You know, I just feel like you should be targeting guys that are like, you know what you're getting when you make that pick, especially given there's a bit more pressure when you're picking towards the top of the draft. So, I mean – I'm now, if you're talking about Justin Fields versus Mac Jones, I'm going to take Justin Fields because I just feel like upside or no upside, I feel like just Justin Fields kind of the freakier, like, uh, you know, just I can't. There might be well, things that Mac Jones do. That's what, huh? he's, that's, that's what he's because when, when it comes to, yeah, I mean, you're saying it. Mac Jones and Justin Fields with Mac Jones, I think he's maybe the best quarterback from the pocket in this class. Like, when you talk about consistency, his ability to move, find the window, his anticipation throws, I think he does that better than pretty much anybody else, right? But 
Like with the other guys, like they're way freakier, way better upside, you know, just bigger arms. I just, I mean, I watched last night, I watched this one play from Justin Fields maybe 50 times. That, that Russell Wilson deep ball? Oh my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Matt Jones not, I mean, he has a good deep ball, but he ain't throwing his 64 yards in the air. <laughs> like, well, like, maybe, maybe I worded that wrong because I'm not taking Justin Fields over Mac Jones because. I feel like I'm betting on upside. I just feel like Justin Fields is a better quarterback. Like he's not the. I mean, but but Mac Jones. There may be aspects where Mac Jones is better, like movement in the pocket, or you know whatever. Like because if you look, like to me, a quarterback prospect is made up of, of let's say ten different things, and there's some of those things that I think Mac Jones is better than at, at Justin Fields, and there's some of those things that Justin Fields is better than at than Mac Jones. And I just feel like Justin Fields is better at more of those things than Mac Jones is. Like, I, I just feel like – I feel like he's rightfully the better quarterback prospect, Yeah. you know. But it's not because of, like, I'm not risking – I don't feel like Justin Fields is a risk based on traits, you know, like freaky traits. I feel like he's just kind of overall, when you consider all aspects of a quarterback, he's the better one. But – um. And I'm looking at a mock draft right now that has Justin Fields going to the Eagles at six and then Mac Jones going to the Panthers at eight. What? That's pretty high for Mac Jones. Yeah, but I feel like people are starting to come on. I mean, I, 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 that might be one of those things where everybody, everybody acts surprised that Mac Jones is still on the board like late in the first when that might have always been his, his stock, you know. Yeah. But – um, I like going back to the question. I feel like it depends on where I'm picking. If I'm late first, I feel like you have more of a a little more leeway to take risks on traits and 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 guys that could develop into something better than where you took them. But if you're in the top half of the first round and you're you're picking between guys that have all shown themselves to be very good prospects, I'm gonna take the one that I feel like is gonna is gonna maximize my pick. That I'm you know that I'm gonna. I'm gonna know. I'm, I'm gonna feel the safest about. Maybe that's the best way to say it. I don't know. So you play safe like Shanahan and John Lynch. Well, I don't know if you call that safe because there's only <laughs> been a couple of picks that I've agreed with. I mean, you could go back and search my Twitter. I was not a fan of Solomon Thomas. I wasn't either. I wasn't. I was either. not a fan of, of that one. Um, I, I I would have drafted like I was like, well, if they have to draft D in there, which I was like, okay, draft the edge. I was more of a, a Bennett guy. Uh, what is he from Tennessee? Yeah, he went uh, to, he yeah. Went to the Eagles. You know, do you know who my pick would have been at three? Barnett, that was his name. Barnett, I think. Sorry about that. You know who my pick would have been at three? One hundred percent. Christian McCaffrey. Wow, really? Yep, that was my that was my. Could you imagine this guy in Shanahan's offense pick? And I would have taken him at three. I I do have. I thought they were going to take a Jamal Adams. That's what was my like projection. I thought they were going to take Jamal Adams, but so I was wrong. I I I don't think I had any idea who they were going to take. I did not think it was going to be Solomon Thomas, even though I saw people talking about that, and I was just like, that doesn't make sense because he's like the same thing as Buckner and Armstead. Like that was just what all I kept thinking about. Like that doesn't make sense. Not as good. I was like, they're not going to do that. Like he's like the same thing as them. He, they're not going to do that. And then I was I was actually training athletes that day, and so I had the, I recorded the draft on my DVR, and I just and I just remember my brother Donald like wow like y'all drafted him and I'm like don't tell me don't tell me so I had to like I'm driving home it's like a 20 minute drive the whole time I'm thinking wow y'all drafted him <laughs> that's, that's all <laughs> but then um I finally hit play on the DVR and um. I fast forward to the Forty Nineers pick, and I see Solomon Thomas, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, I think the uh, as the process went on, the player I wanted for the Forty ers was Christian McCaffrey, and the player I thought they would take was going to be Jamal Adams, and they ended up going because I was the same way as you, man. I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom going another defense, going another D line, and now obviously when it became time for Nick Bosa, it made all the sense in the world. That was easy, and and but. I just and I never thought Solomon Thomas was that good. Like yeah. I, I just didn't think he was worthy of that pick. And I had people like act. There were some people that were like, "No, nah, man, you're wrong." Like Solomon Thomas is amazing. And I think that, and this is kind of like 
a little bit of hyperbole in, in maybe a small sense, but I think they kind of felt like he maybe had like Aaron Donald type upside, yeah. you know, like a smaller guy that's in very, very good shape that, but obviously we know there's really only one Aaron Donald. So <laughs> yeah, that whole thing, that, that was one draft where I had no idea. Like, I, I mean, I didn't even have a thought of where they would go with that pick. That was maybe one of the few times with that. Um, I do know the Mike McGlinchey year, I, I, in my heart, like, and they met with him multiple times. I really thought it was going to be Minka Fitzpatrick. And when he was like, opened his mouth to say Mike, I thought he was saying Minka. And it wasn't Minka. <laughs> Mike, I was like, wow, they took the offensive lineman. So that was shocking. Um, the, the, the Kevin, not Kevin Garnett, what was the, uh, the, 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 the guard that they drafted from Stanford? Oh, Josh Garnett. Joshua Garnett. I 100% thought that when they traded back up, it was to get Michael Thomas. I 100% with everything in my heart thought it was Michael Thomas that they were trading up to get. You know who I thought they were trading up to get? And it wasn't like, I was, not that I was anticipating it. I thought they were trading up to get Connor Cook, the the Michigan State quarterback. Uh, <laughs> everybody like started to get all hyped up about there towards like yeah. the draft. And there were, some, there were some 49ers rumors about them meeting with him and liking him and something like that. I was like, tell me they just didn't trade back up into the first round to get Connor Cook. And then obviously I was wrong, but I just remember thinking that. I was like, tell me they just didn't do that. And um, even then, like, like talking about, like, you know, Kyle Shanahan and a lot of their moves, I understand. I even understood that. Well, not from a standpoint of everybody was like, well, he's a mauler. He doesn't fit Chip Kelly's scheme. But just from a sense of, like, you know, okay, we went big on the D-line with Buckner and we went big on the offensive line and we're building our team in the trenches. Like, and I understood that philosophy, uh, but it just seemed like maybe Trent Baalke and and uh, Chip Kelly weren't on the same page <laughs> with building that roster because I don't think that Garnett fit at all. I mean, he's never even really played. Like, does he, is he still in the league? I think he is, actually. Uh, I think he is, just barely. Hanging on by a thread. Shout out to Josh. Um... Josh Garnett is a former American football guard. He played college. For, did he retire? Damn. Why does it say former? Uh, probably. I, I mean, know. he was like hella smart, so maybe he just. <laughs> yeah. So else. I mean, uh, we just went down the the draft rabbit hole a little bit there, but yeah, I, there was some weird. I need to start like uh, uh like Brian does over at Locked On Forty ers Like every year, he does like his Shadow Forty ers draft yeah. where he. <laughs> That, want to do that? Like, let's like really start it. And I mean, but he has like a whole uh, uh, Excel spreadsheet of years, Excel spreadsheet and everything. You want to? And I did it that year with him. Um, not that year, excuse me. He does it every year. The Mike McGlinchey year. I actually, we were we were watching it, the draft together. Me, him, uh, Dylan, Dissimon. We were all in San Francisco at a bar watching it together. Oh, that's uh, legit. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but you and I, yeah, let, let's do that, man. Let's do like, let's start a little strike and go shadow draft. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. We're going to do it. And, and we'll, we'll do like, yeah, we'll find ways to spice it up, but obviously shout out to, uh, Brian does, Peacock from you. And, and I will say this about, about Brian Peacock, his shadow team, like, and, and again, this isn't like, this is with who he would pick at the time the 49ers are picking. So if, yeah, he, he's very clear about it. Like he will. People like it, it can only be people that are on the clock at that moment, you know. Like, right. yeah, it's, I like the way he does it. And his team, like, it would be good. Like the players that he like drafts are are good. Like he he does a good job. <laughs> like, right. and, and it's funny because it's like you know I already, I talked about earlier. Like, well, I don't get paid to make these decisions. If somebody paid him to make these decisions, or only one step, how's he doing better than the people that get paid to make the decisions? Because his draft right. team. His shadow team is good. Like when you look at the picks every year, that he's now he's had a couple that actually have been Niners. Like Richie James was one of them. But his, uh, his 2019 shadow 49ers draft was Nick Bosa in the first round, DK Metcalf in the second round, and CJ Gardner Johnson in the third round. That would have been solid, right? <laughs> good, but I mean, yeah, right. But that would have been that would have been good. And I like it because it's not what he thinks they'll do. It's what he would do. Would do, right. So, yeah. uh, I mean, could you imagine right now? Well, 
DK, Debo, obviously both really good, but one just looks like, <laughs> like the, one of the craziest things. Did you, did you hear that story of uh, Darius Slay? I retweeted it. That was so funny, man. I don't know. I didn't think the story was that funny. Like him, like, you know, and the two, uh, him and DK going back and forth and talking shit and DK making all those noises and stuff. But <laughs> he was telling the story was so funny. Yeah. Cause he was, yeah, that, that, that was the funny part. It was how he was telling the story. Right. I mean, he was so funny. The the Metcalf like grunting thing, like that was funny. <laughs> um, the the part about DK uh, before the game, like yeah, I'm big, mother effer, like yeah, I'm big, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, if you, know, if, you guys if you guys haven't seen that, you got to check it out. It's uh, I don't know where is it on Darius Slay's Twitter. Where how do you find it? The video. I, I, so if you go down my timeline enough, you'll you'll see it. But when he was talking, I mean, like part of it was just like, damn, like DK is a big dog. That was what I kind of took from it with him saying, I mean, before the game, like 55 can get you fucked up. Like, you know, talking about Graham, right? That's who 55 is, right? Right, right, right. The, the defensive end for the, for the Eagles. He basically yeah. was like 55, like, yeah, I'm big. Yeah, hey, 55 getting you fucked up today. Then he went out and like had like a career day on Darius Slay, <laughs> and Darius Slay was like, "Damn!" Like, and how he was calling him out, like, "Like, come, 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 press me at the line, like, come get up here, like, you scary ass, like, woo, woo, woo. like, just really just getting at him." I'm like, "Damn!" Like, this dude is hella aggressive, and that's why when you see um, a killer Witherspoon break up the pass and do that whole like flexing thing, remember he did all that, like, all in his face, and people were like, "Oh, that's extra, like, you don't gotta do all that," but. I always tell people, like, you don't know what's being said between the two players. Like, you don't know what led up to that moment. And I bet DK's not just quiet and playing. Like, he he's a big dog on the field, and it feels like he likes to, like, impose his physicality on other players. So, um, but, yeah, I know we kind of got a, a, away from that. But, yeah, shadow draft. Uh, shout out to uh, B- Peacock, man. He he does a great job with that. And a great yeah, job with that. And he puts it out here and there. Um, I guess, I mean, we have a little time. You want to? Maybe see see if we can find his like. Uh, no, no, I just I I I just had searched it because uh, he he hashtags it Shadow Forty ers and I okay. scrolled down a little bit and I actually found his there it is his his spreadsheet his Excel spreadsheet and it's updated all the way until two thousand twenty. Oh yeah, so, well, you got you got. Yeah, I mean, it. which I mean, what do you want to talk about? It's uh, all up here. <laughs> Wait, do I see it here? No, I don't see it. Right. Here, I can. I, I mean, I could send it to you. Yeah, send it to me. I'm gonna send it to you on Twitter. Y'all are just chilling while we have this conversation, so I'm gonna send this to Twitter through Crocker via Twitter right now. There you go. Um, so Mr. Peacock, again, shout out to Mr. Peacock. He would have um, this right. year. He would have taken Jerry Judy, Yeter Grossmatos, defensive end. He would have taken Jerry Judy, Bryce Hall in the fifth. Okay, so this year is a little, just a little weird. Um, last year he would have gotten Nick Bosa. What's the yellow mean? Yellow means projected projected starters. He would have gotten Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round. Kelvin Harmon's one of uh, uh, Denver's star uh, receivers. Uh, Kelvin Harmon's on. No, he's on. Uh, he's on uh, the Red uh, Washington Football Team. Then, okay, then who am I thinking about on Denver? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Who who's the who's the? I got Sutton. No, not Sutton, because he's a rookie. I, I was one year off. The um, oh, um, they got hold on, they got Hamilton, they got Hamler. That's who I was talking about. Uh, not, is it Sean Hamilton? Is he the rookie? No, Hamilton was drafted 2000. He was uh, Hamler, that's he was, my, uh, I'm all over the place. My bad. Yeah, Hamilton was Pettisier. Okay. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, his uh, uh, Peacock's 2019 is pretty solid. Just Bosa, Metcalf, Gardner Johnson. That's pretty good. Mac Wilson. Uh, 2018, Harold Langey, Isaiah Oliver, Fred Warner. He would have still taken Fred Warner. Equinemius St. Brown. Richie James. Yeah, he would have gone. Uh, Peacock would have gone. Jamal Adams still would have gone. Reuben Foster, Carl Lawson, George Kittle. Good for him. Yeah, these are cool, man. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta catch up to Peacock here, man. He's 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 been he's been running it. Yeah, he 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 does a good job. 
Harold Landry, that's one, too, that he's played very well. I still don't know how he slipped to the second round. I know people are like, oh, he's not good at, like, run against the run or whatever, but you know, I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, 2017, Jamal Adams, Ruben Foster, uh, Carl Lawson. Wow. He he got George Kittle. Yeah, he, he drafted George Kittle in the fourth round. Yeah, he would have got him in the fourth round. Wow. Isaiah <laughs> Ford. Wow. I, Isaiah Ford is actually uh, like he's gotten a little run for Miami, so he like he's actually playing. Forty um, Nine's got some dudes that play, but yeah. Anyways, I know we're going way off on a tangent in there. Yeah, we're just we're everybody's probably listening to this right now, laughing. But I guess we can call it. Obviously, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to do. Um, with uh, probably on Thursday. We'll, we'll talk some free agents now, now that because we didn't really get into free agency too much, a little bit. But the salary cap is supposed to be a little higher than the 49ers thought, so we'll try and run through this and see who the who the 49ers can, should, will keep, who they could go after, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I, some of the answers are going to be pretty obvious, but you uh, still got to have that conversation. Are we good, Crocker? You want to you want to call it for tonight? Yeah, we're good, man. All right, all right. We hit an hour, man. That was that was a quick hour. At least it felt like it. Hey, I appreciate you guys listening to us rant on and send each other links via Twitter and talk about uh, Peacock's little Shadow 49ers. But, yeah, we'll have to do that this year. You know, and, and it'll have to be something where, I don't know, maybe Crocker and I are on here live during the draft or, or something when, when the 49ers pick. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll put our money where our mouth is and, and, and make the picks live. That way you guys can tell us how wrong we were. Either we'll right be, or years down the line. Huh? Maybe we can do Zoom and people can just hop in and people can watch it with us and we can just talk yeah. about the draft. Yeah, I'm down, man. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Hey, plans. Plans. All right, guys. I appreciate everybody listening. As always, thank you for, for making Striking Gold what it is. Uh, wouldn't be able to do any of it without you guys, so I appreciate you. I mean, but you know the deal. You know what it is. For another evening, for another episode, this is Striking Gold. And we are signing out. Peace.